What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 1,241 of Ask Pat 2.0. We're at the end of the month here, this last episode of Ask Pat for the month, which means this is a Where Are They Now episode. And this is a special one because I'm bringing on a guest who I know very, very well. I've helped her. She was a student of mine for a bit. And I learned from her too. Her name is Jada Selner. She was on the Smart Passive Income podcast. First in episode 205, she and her partner had created a website called Simple Green Smoothies. And then Jada had exited that and started her own brand. And you can listen to her talk about branding and building a personal brand because it's your calling over in session 330. So 205 and 330, both of the Smart Passive Income podcast. But this is not the Smart Passive Income podcast. This is the Ask Pat podcast. So we're gonna get a little bit of an update on where Jada is at. And in addition to that, she does have a number of questions to ask with regards to her next leg of her journey because she always, every time I talk to her, she has more and more just achievements under her belt and more and more goals and bigger missions to serve. And I just, I love her to death and she's amazing. And you're gonna love this episode too. So here we go, Jada Selner. You can find her at jadaselner.com, J-A-D-A-H-S-E-L-L-N-E-R.com. Jada, here she is, she's amazing. Jada, welcome to Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me here today. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have this conversation with you and and be in like the coach's corner. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if you're the first, but you might be the first person to, or actually maybe not, I don't know. Anyway, you've been on Smart Passive Income before and way back in the day with Simple Green Smoothies. And then I think you've came back on again, but now you're here on Ask Pat because there's a lot of stuff going on in your business and in your life right now, which is so amazing. And I'm excited to see what I can do to help you. But for those who perhaps don't remember those episodes or have not heard of you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I'm Jada, like Prada, and I'm the founder of Jada Seller Media, where I coach women how to build businesses without burning out in the process. So really building in an anti-hustle way of how we can build differently and build with love. I also was the co-founder of Simple Green Smoothies and the co-author. We built that community to over a million followers through Instagram and Facebook. And I exited that company in 2016. And now I lead retreats and do coaching and consulting for female founders. So right now I'm actually writing my second book, which is not a recipe book, but actually a book for women entrepreneurs. And so that's my big question for today because it's the the front that's what's taking center stage in, in my life right now. Yeah, and you know, this isn't a self-published book. This is a traditionally published book. So congratulations on that. I was kind of there at the very beginning of the even the origin or the idea of this book. So it's been really neat to follow along in the journey and have you here today because I know in my experience, book writing and book marketing is just a beast and it's so different, you know, and with Simple Green Smoothies, you know, that book had its own huge built-in audience already. And it was in a very specific niche that, you know, recipe books are just flying off the shelves all the time, it seems. But a business book like this can can be definitely overwhelming. So first of all, you have a podcast as well. I want to make sure since people are listening to a podcast that people can go check that out. What's the podcast? Lead with Love podcast. And you've been a guest on the podcast as well. So that's been super awesome. Yes. 
fantastic podcast. And then your book, what's what's the book about? Yes. So it's the Anti-Hustle Guide to Growing Your Business and Nourishing Your Life. So it's called She Builds. And it's about women building meaningful, sustainable businesses with intention and doing it in a way that doesn't compromise their health and their relationships in the process, which is one of the things that I actually really love about you of being able to build businesses, but also making sure that you have time for your health, for your family. And so you've, you've always been, you've been a mentor from afar back in the days with the eBooks smart way. And then also, you know, me being able to participate in your SPI accelerator. So it's just been a gift to kind of have you in my corner and I'm excited to jam on the book today. Oh, thank you for that. Well, let's definitely jam on it. You know, the book has been accepted by a publisher, which means you got the messaging down and positioning that wouldn't have happened if that wasn't the case. But where are you at now with the book? What's on your mind? Yeah, so uh, I am just in the final copy editing stages. I know I know you've written... Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's down to, to where we're getting into production, about to get into the print ready. And so now I, I've been in the content creation process with Harper Business. And now I'm about to shift into marketing. And basically, how can I get this book into as many hands as possible? I have two questions for you just based on your experience with book launching, which is one, what did you do that you felt was a good use of your time? in launching your books? And what were things that you did that you felt like maybe was not the best use of your time? So kind of that 80-20 Pareto principle. And then if you were launching another book, what would you do differently? So that's something I'm curious about. I'm a bit of a scientist and thinking of like, how can I maximize my time? Because, you know, we only have so many hours in, in a day. Okay, cool. Perfect conversation here. And I have a lot of experience to share. My first question is, have you let your audience know about this book already? And the reason why I ask that is because marketing doesn't happen as soon as the book is done. It should be happening as the book's being written or even before it was written. Can you tell me a little bit about how, if at all, you've gotten your audience involved already? Yeah, so I definitely have gotten my audience involved. I've been sending newsletters sporadically, sharing behind the scenes. I've recorded several podcast episodes actually last season of Lead with Love. The most recent episodes, I had a conversation with my life coach on how to emotionally, how she's been able to help me in kind of getting over my fears and procrastination in writing the book, talking to our mutual friend, Asil Taronis, with book coaching, um, also just my own process of getting out of not actually writing the book to doing solo book writing retreats. So I I really have done kind of Austin Cleon show your work Perfect. in talking about the behind the scenes of the writing process. And I also had some early beta readers who read the book as well and kind of letting inviting my whole community. And then we selected a certain amount of people to read the book. So people know the book is coming. It's in my email signature line, but I definitely haven't been as visible on social media or consistent in that way. So I just kind of pop up like a like a gopher every now and then like, hi, <laughs> and then go back into my creative cave. That's what it feels like when you're writing, you're kind of in your little cave, and then you come out and you say hi to the family, you come out and say hi to your audience. So okay, yes. so that, that's fantastic, because that is by far one of the best things you can do when you get your audience involved. And when you help get getting them to understand 
what's involved, um, they become invested, right? And so now they know it's coming, multiple touch points. It's very organic. You're not even selling anything at that point. You're literally letting them inside on, on what's going on in your head. And you know, sometimes it's a vulnerable state. Sometimes it's a celebratory state. Either way, they're, they're along the ride with you. And I would just encourage you to keep leaning into that, especially now where you can show up on social media and let people know sort of where you're at in the process. If you have maybe a specific date in mind, like let people know what that date is. And, you know, you're marking X's on the calendar almost every day or every week, one week closer to such and such, like, thank you all for the support. And, you know, here's what's going on in my mind this week and what's driving me nuts. And also what I'm, what I'm loving about this process, your audience is likely going to be very interested in that. You know, doing that with a cookbook audience may not be as powerful because <laughs> they want the recipes. These are your women entrepreneurs who likely would want to follow suit and do something similar or just at least understand how to create something so special that they can kind of use as inspiration for, for themselves. So I would just lean into that number one, even if like, and try to make it easy on yourself, right? Don't overcomplicate it. Just flip on Instagram stories and just tell a quick story about something that's going through your head and, and you can just kind of get into that routine and get into that habit. And then that story starts to change from, wow, it's so far away, but it's like coming up fast to, oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. Like, and people have just been with you on that journey. So that would be number one. Number two would be uh, with relation to being a podcast guest on other podcasts. This is by far one of the biggest levers that I've pulled uh, that has worked really well. Being a guest on other podcasts does require a lot of coordination. It does require a lot of uh, sort of timing. And so... I don't know when the book is launching. Do you have an idea of the date or, or around what time? I mean, you know, as long as print supply demand and everything is is good. Oh, geez. Um, it's yeah. supposed to come uh, November of 2022. Okay. And I... I did have my assistant create a spreadsheet of all the podcasts I've been on, all the guests who have been on my podcast. And so, and it's interesting because we've already drafted an email and I actually have a, a little bit of fear of sending the email and asking for like, can I be on your podcast? It's, it's right. and, and I I know I've added so much value, spoken on people's stages, different things like that. But there is something that I I can tell that I have a little bit of resistance to giving my assistant like the green light go to just like send the emails out. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely noticing that resistance because it's been written for several weeks and I haven't just said okay. sitting there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I've reviewed it and I'm like, I think it's because I want to one, like, oh, how can I make this feel more personal and not just a like one to many to these people that I've built relationships with over the years. So yeah, I, I've noticed that, but I, I have a long list of podcasts that I'd like to be on and I guess I don't want to feel... Yeah, I, I'm sure you have some questions for me around that. Yeah, how can we flip the story from you asking to be a guest on their show to them asking you to come on the show because of the value you have to provide, right? So again, it's that just mental switch of, well, hey, I am launching my book. I, I, I want to be on your show to, hey, I'm launching this book and I know the value can absolutely help your audience. And I see that they might need this information too. And then of course, more value could be you giving a book to them as a preview or even a few copies away to give away to their audience. That has often worked really well when I've Notice Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, do their guest podcasting rounds when they have books come out. They often will give, like Gary gave me 10 books to give away to my audience. I was able to run a little contest and stuff and that was really nice. And of course I wanted to give back to him. So then I like poured into that as much as I could. Same thing with Tim in the four hour body when that came out. 
But I would say the other thing is to know that every day that you wait to send this is more pressure on the host to fit it into their schedule. Yeah. Right. There's less days now to fit it in. You're actually doing them a disservice by waiting. Right. I don't want to say that to like make you feel bad about this, but get going, Jada. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to paint that picture of, of the reality of this is like, First of all, you have till November. So thankfully, we're not trying to launch this next month. You're giving yourself enough time. So that's great. And the fact that you already have this email written means that you know that you need to schedule this ahead of time with these podcast guests. But it's sitting there and every day goes by. It's like, that's an opportunity that you could use to provide value, not yeah. the, the byproduct is you coming onto their show, right? And, and getting more exposure. I really love that shift in the email um, of providing value for their audience and the book giveaways. I like, I didn't think of, of that. So I I definitely want to add that into the mix of being able to give books away to their audience and also thinking about how it can be helpful to their audience. One additional question that I have, because the book is focused on women, if you have any thoughts around that, if, if someone's like, well, not my whole audience isn't women or I don't know if you have just any ideas around that. There, I, there's something in me where I'm like, oh, what if they're like, I don't want to promote this just women-only entrepreneur book. That's a great question, actually. And something you'll, you'll definitely need to figure out. It. I don't know if we'll come to like a legitimate answer right now, but it is something that you'll have to work through so that when you get that question, you'll know exactly how to respond. And I imagine that there is a way to respond in a way that would be inclusive of men, even though the book is primarily meant for women. I mean, I think of Marie Forleo. She's exclusively promoted as somebody who helps women create businesses, yet men have taken her course and she doesn't like ever make me feel excluded. Like you're not going to say, hey, you're a man, you're not allowed to read this book. But it's just that's the primary target audience. Yet you will absolutely have men read your book and, and benefit from it. But I would say because it has that angle toward women, then you'll definitely want to primarily reach out to women podcasters or podcasters who you know have you know uh, target audiences of mostly women but that being said like i would love to have you on spi in november to talk about the book and you're telling your story which is relevant to both men and women the principles within it are relevant to men and women it just so happens to be a book that is primarily focused on women yeah. and so there might be men who listen who go okay well this book is for women i'm not going to buy it but they still get value from you being on the show and might tell their wife or girlfriend or friends or, or coworkers. So hopefully that helps with, with some perspective there. And I was thinking of my editor at Harper Business, you know, she read through it and was like, I'm not an entrepreneur, but like there's so many things in here that I want to use for myself. And so I think that for me, looking for that positioning and messaging to make it relevant for other people as well or share a specific tool or something from the book that is universal for sure. And have a story about that. Yeah, like if somebody asks like, hey, this is this book is just meant for women. If you have a response like, well, it's primarily meant for women, although both men and women can benefit from it. For example, there's a strategy I use and you just kind of get into that. Your husband also uses it or, you know, whoever, or like you, you can also just share those ex- examples. But the other thing that came to mind was, well, what's the worst that can happen when you ask these podcasters? Right. Yeah, they ignore me. They say no. So I know it's like the fear of rejection or one of my biggest fears is like someone talking about me behind my back inside their head. It's just an <laughs> it's an interesting of like, 
oh, she just wants something from me. And But these are people that I've built relationships with over time. And so... Is that true though? Like, do you just want something from them? No, I, I am such a giver. I'm, I'm generous. Exactly. With, yeah. <laughs> so if a person's thinking that, you know that there's just either a miscommunication or something misaligned. It's not actually you, like you don't want to start believing that because it's absolutely not true. You know that. Yeah. So the, the fear is just based on a, a, a potential worst case scenario that is likely not to happen. And if it does, you know, that's still not you. Yeah. In truth, that is a conversation that you'll per perhaps need to have so that they understand what's going on. But I mean, we can't make decisions and live our lives based on what we think others might think about us. Right. We have to go with what, where we know we are coming from, from a place of service. And it's not up to us to tell a person how to react to it. We hope that they will kind of understand and see that. But if they don't, then that's not on us. Yeah. Right. That's on them. Yeah. That's really helpful. Good. Other podcasting related things that have helped. Well, first of all, having a clear call to action on those podcasts that you were a guest on, like that's going to be a huge lever. So have a very clear, easy to understand because remember people are listening on the go. They're not able to write things down. Clear URL where people can go to to go see the book or, or check it out. And if there is something like an incentive or some other giveaway or, or lead magnet of sorts that goes along with it, then that's going to be best case scenario. So I don't know if you have something developed for that purpose right now, but having that be there and if possible, having it be trackable so you can actually see, oh, this is where we failed in the past. Our books have done really well, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like which guest podcast spots performed best? I don't know because I shared the same link every single time. And if I had a specialized link or a UTM parameter or something that gave me an understanding, maybe maybe it's the same landing page, but there's a drop down menu and then a person can then select where they heard me from, that might help. I mean, just some sort of indication so that I can go, well, that's not working during and then switch up if I need to. Or, wow, this is working really well over here. Let me lean into it. Oh my gosh, Pat's audience just is like blowing up my book right now. I got to talk to Pat and see what else we could do together before the campaign ends, right? That was not available for me. I, it was it was just more of a, like, let's just do everything and, and, and hope for the best. And yeah. you can do better than that. Yeah. Oh, that's super helpful. Cool. Can we talk about the 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 freebie or the the call to action? Because I know you've had companion courses with your books, or what have you seen that's that your audience has really resonated with or or worked well in that? Because I I have tons of ideas, and so for me, it's always like dwindling it down to the like core, like the winner or the essential one. You know, it's like checklist or companion course or a free chapter. There's so many ways that we could go. I think that you'll have to think about who the audience is and what would be of most benefit to them. If we approach it as what would be easiest for us, it's not going to always perform the best. Yeah. Or what do we think is the most helpful? It doesn't necessarily matter because it's what the audience thinks is most helpful. So if you think about your women audience in whole, what would be literally something that people would have to get if they listen to you talk about the book on the show that they can get free access to right away? Is it going to be the first chapter? Maybe not. It might be a worksheet or some like crazy exercise that you like help people do while listening to get this for or whatever. Just some ideas. And, and maybe there is one in particular that is just so good that you just, that's the one for all. Yeah. Or you might find that there's a particular audience that needs a specific one. Like you talk on to a, I don't know, a financial podcast for, for whatever reason, you know that like it's just a friend of yours, but they have a big audience that might benefit, but it's more of a financial sort of tone to that 
episode versus like a, a mindset one, in which case the mindset worksheet or exercise that blew everyone else away might not be relevant here. So you might, if you know that this is a, a worthwhile audience and it's large, hey, for you specifically, I created a financial worksheet to help you as you create your business or something like just for you. And then you have that just a unique landing page. And again, you have enough time to do that, which is why I'm mentioning it. Because if I were to mention this and there's only a month left, then it's, it's going to be <laughs> overwhelming. So what's your reaction to that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I love it because I have a lot of exercises within the book. And I'm actually even going to reach out to my early readers as well and kind of figure out what's the, the, the one to lead with, like the base. But I love that idea of also thinking about when I go on these podcast conversations, which chapter, which worksheet would be the most relevant for that audience and then send them that way. Because I'm I'm very story-driven and also very action-oriented driven. And so my book has tons of worksheets and exercises, questions and prompts and very tactical things. So that just made it a lot easier for me. Try to think of stories when, before you get onto these podcasts that you know that your audience, that that particular audience would love. And whether you just keep that note to yourself and then try to like force that story into the conversation somewhere, or you let the podcaster know like, hey, in the middle, like I'd love to make sure we cover this, just like a late night show. You know how they talk beforehand and like yeah. the stories are always perfect, but it's because they actually plan talking about that story ahead of time. Like do that because you know that A, that story is going to resonate with that audience and B, that'll lead into the lead magnet or worksheet really well then it's going to be an absolute uh, banger, yeah. I think. So I, I, again, a little bit more planning than what I did, which was just, <laughs> hey, Pat, you're scheduled with Lewis House on this day. Okay, cool. And I'll, I just show up. Yeah. And I just, you know, I tell story and I'm pretty good on interviews, but having a plan going into it will maximize that time because it does take a little bit of time. You're on for 45 minutes or an hour and there's scheduling involved. You want to maximize that time as much as possible. But the beauty of this is, and the reason why I love this strategy is because those podcasts are evergreen. Yeah. Right. They're evergreen. And it's not like a news article that like just goes away after the week it's over. Right. That's one thing that I wouldn't recommend is like a PR angle, like a more traditional PR angle, getting on television. Like that's, I don't feel like that's worth it. I think that if, I mean, for you, if Oprah asks you to come on our TV show, then obviously say yes. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> that's your audience. But like Fox News at five at 6 a.m. in the morning. Right. <laughs> It's not worth it. Like it's the only thing it would be worth it for would be to get that clip to then show credibility to this book right. when you promote it. That would be literally the only reason to do it. And honestly, you have enough credibility already that you don't need to fish for more credibility in that kind of fashion. Okay, that's really helpful because I have my marketing like idea, launch idea, Google Doc of, I, you know, and it's like, okay, local TV shows, just a lot of different things. So that to yeah. figure out what levers to pull and thinking about the evergreen stories. And I like the idea of almost building an inventory of the stories in my book and the worksheets and kind of as I'm prepping for those podcast conversations to kind of really be, to me, I can just like step in and like, then I'll be ready to go for that. So that's really helpful. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't do television. I'm just saying like, that probably isn't going to be a big lever for you if, yeah. unless it's like an, like an Oprah or something. The other thing I was going to mention because you're such a great storyteller, because you're so heart-centered, I think that that's going to be a huge superpower for you when you sell this book, is those stories you tell. Not just from the stories within the book, but you said that you had these early readers already. Are there any stories that you could pull out from those early readers, results that they've gotten? Because then you can use that to promote the book. 
I would imagine that you could interview an early reader on your podcast, mm. have her speak to the book and sell it way better than you ever could. You know what I mean? That would be an amazing thing. If you find that some of your early readers seem to be making progress, like, okay, like let's spend a little bit more time with them, hold their hand through some of the stuff so that come November, they now are on your podcast and in tears because of just how much that book has helped them. I mean, how could a person not get the book after hearing that kind of story, right? And I don't see this happening at all in the authorship space because it's like, just I got to blast the book out there. And, And it has nothing to do with how people have use the book. Right. I love that. You know, I love that so much. One, because I was very intentional with the early readers, which was no, I wanted people who had never worked with me before. So they've never been coached by me. Like they were just very fresh. So they hadn't gone through any of my concepts or strategies or things like that. So I really wanted people with fresh eyes, but to be able to check back in with them and to then interview them. Like, I just didn't even think of that. I was almost thinking of like, oh, let me interview the featured case studies and clients that I have worked with that I did feature in the book who have, you know, so, um, but for someone, a case, like an interview conversation with someone who read the book and that was kind of their firsthand experience of my principles and way of building business. I, I love that. And one idea that I had was having like a cohort Ooh, yeah. uh, and maybe it's like the early readers, but also being able to have people go through the book in real time where it's like we're reading a chapter a week, we're implementing the exercises, kind of having co-working sessions and breakout sessions and oh man, just really kind of building something. Uh, uh, that's great. I like that idea for encouraging people to get the book during launch week. And then the cohort starts, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, if you get in early, starting on December 1st for two weeks, we'll connect with each other every day in this circle community or, or what have you, and we'll read it together. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be incredible. Or you do that ahead of time and then get these case studies as well that you can then bring onto the podcast. This is episode 275 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. I did something similar with my podcasting students from Power Up Podcasting. I invited Shannon, I invited Rob from Disney Travel Secrets and Dr. B all within one episode to talk about their experiences starting a podcast. And then they just were the best testimonials I could have ever asked for. And yeah, I, I remember listening to that. Yeah, I didn't even have to ask for it. They just showed up. And so the fact that you have a podcast and a platform where you could reach a lot of people, but also invite and showcase the hero stories in your audiences is just absolutely wonderful. So yeah, a lot of ideas. Hopefully this has been helpful. And you know, the mindset stuff is important too, but we've talked about a lot of tactical stuff as well. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, I feel really good thinking outside the box or expanding my ideas on on what's possible and doubling down on the thing that I was already thinking, but making sure I get over that mindset hurdle and, and hit send because I think it is really important to make sure that people have enough time in their editorial calendars and I'm doing a disservice if I don't let them know soon enough. I and mean, I want to start recording conversations now so that I can do more and and still go live in November. You know, like that's kind of what I'd like to do. I heard that from James Clear with Atomic Habits. I was like, that's brilliant to not like try to record all the conversations right before for a launch, but kind of stretch out that timeline a bit. So, Yeah. Love it. And the other thing before we go is you had mentioned about it feeling less personal, like email is kind of not as personal as other mechanisms. I mean, some of these people, maybe you might have connection through social media with or even text message, like use whatever you would use to 
personally ask a person to how you know to converse with them and then that's what i would do i mean i would even go as far as creating a short little like bonjour video style thing yeah and just with a quick ask and you know you could probably get that done pretty soon and feel good about it too you know yeah like i think about with amy porterfield i sent her a personal like audio message in her Instagram. And, you know, I've spoken at her events before, but this was for her to be a guest on my podcast. I knew she's got gatekeepers in her email inbox, even though I've, you know, been in email conversation with her and then like, let her know, like my team has sent an email and like, so just kind of breaking that seal of that personal one-to-one connection, but then having the more official, here's the the expanded explanation. So that's a great reminder for me to incorporate that one-on-one quick that doesn't have to be in the email, but the email can have kind of more of the, here's all the, the nitty gritty details. All the details, right. Exactly. Awesome, Jada. Well, I'm so stoked for you. Don't forget to send me an email or a message at some point so we can get you in in November because I want to support you. Yes, and I'll have books for you that you can yeah, get to your audience. There we go. I love it. So if y'all aren't <laughs> listening to Smart Passive Income, make sure you do so you don't miss Jada's guest spot there. And I'm so looking forward to it. I hope it just goes wild and I'll do what I can to support it. But thank you again for the questions today. One more time, where can people go to follow your work and and get all the goodies? So jadaselner.com, you'll be able to find the Lead with Love podcast there. And on social media, I'm at jadaselner, J-A-D-A-H-S-E-L-L-N-E-R. Love it. Well, thank you so much. You're awesome. Thanks, Pat. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jada. It was such an amazing time to catch up with her and see what she's up to and also be able to help her out too. She's getting her book out there, you know, the podcast tour and getting other people to help share. It can definitely amplify that message. And I love that she's already doing a lot of the things that I was talking about. So well done, Jada. Looking forward to your book. And if you want to check out Jada's stuff, jadaselner.com, J-A-D-A-H-S-E-L-L-N-E-R.com. And you can find the, like she said, the Lead With Love podcast. And if you want to listen to the other episodes that she was on, this was the Smart Passive Income podcast. That was episode 330, excuse me, and 205. Those two are actually pretty close together. I I don't know if she's the record for closest guest spot on Smart Passive Income between guest episodes. But anyway, she's amazing, as you can tell. So definitely check her out and check out her book when it comes out. And I look forward to catching up with her. So appreciate you for listening all the way through. And I hope that you enjoyed this Where Are They Now episode, hopefully inspirational to you. And speaking of inspirational, we have more coaching calls coming next month and in the next episode. So make sure you don't miss it. Hit that subscribe button. They'll get directly delivered to you and uh, free of charge. Obviously, it's a podcast and I'm looking forward to helping you out. So thank you so much. Take care. Peace out and look forward to seeing you in the next one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski, and our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. 
for now at least. In this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.